Genre. Last time on Immunities. The only excitement lately has been a couple of spook citizens. Oh, there's one you might want to talk to if you have time. Really? What about? She's claiming to have visions where one of her family is normal again. I remember that you wanted people like that to help develop your questionnaire to maybe find a you-know-what. I love it when you take interest in my little projects. Oh, Wanda, your little projects are what keep me going day to day. There are scary possibilities, yes, and that's why we've got to get into the looker system to see their data and manipulate the patterns. Now, of course, that's step thousand and one of our plan, and I'm still working on step one. Just need to lay out everything nice and neat for Jordan to read when he gets out. How we failed, where the weak link was, and how we're setting it right again. And making someone pay? That's not the top priority, Brewster. That's just the cherry on top. Immunities. Episode 1.6. Resolve. You look like you have something to say, Ensign Brewster. I think you know that I'm not squeamish, sir. But I am not comfortable with this. We are the last and only line of defense, Thee. The buck stops with us. That thing that calls itself the United States government, that is nothing but a facade for the invading force. All the old guarantees disappeared the moment that we could no longer consider a human a human. But there is still a structure, sir. We have civilian leaders who are supposed to be consulted in matters such as this. Except in extremists, Thee. With our situation so desperate, when human freedom is at stake, it is our responsibility to act precipitously. But what is at stake here, sir? What is risked by waiting for the decision of a higher authority? Everything is at risk. We don't know the boundaries of this thing. And while we're trying to measure how much damage has been done, the damage will spread. I do not understand, sir. How did she get that information, Thee? About our operation. We had it sealed tight. The only link from it to her is Nikki, and Nikki didn't even know about it until after Shoal asked to speak to me. There's no conventional means by which she could have gotten that information. All right. Well then, she must have had unconventional means. When you have eliminated the impossible, then whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. She has some means of sifting information without using written or spoken language and a similar means of disseminating that information. I'll sum that up by the word telepathy. Not a word I'm normally inclined to throw around. That word makes my theory sound unreal and imaginary, doesn't it, Henson? A little. But she definitely knew about the looker's plan to intercept our rendezvous. Do you think that she just imagined that and that this is all a coincidence? No harm if you do. It's within the realm of possibility. No, sir, I do not. And why not? For two factors to correlate like that in such a vital operation, I refuse to believe it. Something is at work. Exactly. Something is at work. And that something has to be Ms. Scholl's occult means of communications. And because she has those means, we can never be sure of what she's learned, what she's told, what she will learn, what she will tell or whether she's learning or spreading information at this exact moment. 
every moment she lives is a danger to our entire cause and every piece of information entrusted to us. But, sir, even if she can somehow take part in the group consciousness that the altered have, everything we know indicates that that sort of sharing requires either eye contact or visibility of the sky. We have her locked somewhere where she cannot see the sky, as you yourself said. It's conjecture, Faye. We only know what the lookers have let us know. And besides, even if she is really incommunicado, what do you think is going to happen once she's missed? That mother of hers will notify her bosses, and they'll consult their intelligence about us, which Miss Scholl has no doubt greatly expanded. And there will be deputies or even National Guard battering down our front door to liberate her. I like this place. And the little improvements we've made, but it is not a fortress. No. We have to tie her off, and then we have to change everything. Our location, passwords, even procedures. Just do it while we still have a network to do it with. But sir, there are so many assumptions in what you say. That she knew of this location. That she communicated the knowledge that the altered government would tip their hand in so egregious a way in order to find her. That killing her wouldn't cause an even more destructive reaction. Ah, but it would be a reaction. If they're reacting then we have the initiative. You can't be afraid to anger your enemy, Thee. Your enemy's anger is your ally. You just have to be prepared to escape the consequences of that anger and redirect those consequences against him. I am familiar with the precepts, sir. I only doubt their application to the question in front of us. What would be your alternative? Mr. Channing is to be released in the morning. Nikki has had the night off. She will be fresh... We can have her go get him, shake off any surveillance, and bring him here. Then he can make the decision. If we are raided between now and then, I will put a bullet into Roxanne Scholl myself. I don't doubt your dedication, Thee, but as you said, I'm the one who has to make the hard decisions. And Mr. Channing has to make even harder ones. <laughs> Jordan means well, and he's courageous enough, but... He has a martyr complex. He wants to suffer for his people. Even if he comes here and sees what we've seen, he won't understand it. He'll just see another opportunity to risk himself for one of his citizens, not appreciating that he'll bring everyone down with him. But you undersell your own persuasiveness, sir. Mr. Channing has always had great respect for your judgments in matters of security. Great respect. But that was before, Thee. Before I sent him running into the woods on his own. Before I had an op blow up in my face. Before Wanda... Before Wanda got caught in a trap that I'd been warned was there. With nothing for me to do but take her last words. That she'd run or die. And put them into effect. I'm a gunman, Thee. I put an end to lives that have become dangerous to our cause. And Ms. Scholl's is one such life. But what if it is not, sir? Everything is at stake, Ensign. I can't wait on what-ifs. <sighs> Major, let me talk to her. Why? You yourself said that it's important to know what she knows. And she has said that she'd be willing to talk to anyone but you. 
the value of the things I might learn, I believe, would far outweigh the value of any new information she might be able to glean and distribute while I'm making the attempt. How much time would you want? Ideally, I would like that to be determined by the flow of the conversation. Hmm. Conservatively, let's just say ten minutes. And at the end of that? If it goes nowhere, then I will be more satisfied that we have done all that we should do. Good enough. Do it. So you really are still here. Where did you think I was? I don't know. I just didn't want to think you would sit still and watch Major Craig's freak out without doing something. These are terribly important moments that we are experiencing. And there are pressures that you do not know of. So you're here to excuse his behavior? I am here to correct his mistakes. Please, sit down. I see from your certificate that your immunity was tested four and a half months ago by Alice Wilde. That's right. Good to know you guys haven't lost that. Yes. You are asked 12 questions... And you produced witness statements from other immunes who had seen you in the presence of the lookers. Is that correct? Sounds right. And then an hour later, you were asked the same questions again, to which you gave the same answers. And Miss Wilde made subjective observations as to your behavior, your comfort around the other immunes, etc. If you say so, I don't know what she was writing. Well, according to this, all the answers completely matched the parameters for primary immunity, and therefore you were given that status. So you're telling me that I shouldn't be in here? I've already figured that out. I most certainly am not. The procedure used to test you was not approved procedure of this time, and it is even more out of favor now. Its use was a product of the disorganization of the immune community in this area before Major Craig's arrival. We had no idea how lucky we were. <sighs> By the time the Major implemented a more rigorous testing procedure, enough time had passed that it was considered redundant to test those who had already been certified and had not given cause for doubt. Nor was it worth the potential to undermine the morale of those who were learning to rely on one another. Okay. I'm convinced that this was the correct decision for the mass majority of cases. But in yours... I think something important may have been missed. Beautiful. If I promise that your honest responses to certain test questions will result in you being immediately released from this room, will you promise to give them? Just like that, you expect us to be friends again? My understanding is that all you have wanted throughout this series of events is to tell the truth and be believed. I give you now an opportunity, which may not come again, to do exactly that. Will you take it? <sighs> okay, sure. One more time, I'll jump through your hoops. Excellent. <clears throat> take your mind back to the first altered person you had contact with. Who was that? That was my sister, Shelley. She got it from a stranger who came to our door. Then she went to sleep, 
and a few minutes later she gave it to my mom and dad and tried to give it to me. Describe your experience the first time you saw her after she woke up. Well, I mean, she yawned once, and then she scanned around the room with her eyes, looking hard at each one of us, and she had, you know, the look. Please describe what you mean by the look. Well, she had that detached calm that they get, like, that everything is going to turn out the way they want it to, and that kind of... Well, I used to call it smug, maybe self-satisfied. They don't always have that, but it seems to be their default. And there wasn't anything else out of the ordinary? Well, there was that kind of light around the outside of her eyes. What do you mean by the outside? The, uh, the part of the oval at the perimeter of the eyeballs that's farthest away from the nose. The outer edge, I guess you'd say. And can you describe the light? Kind of silvery, I guess. Like a reflection, but the pattern of it was kind of odd. It isn't enough to read by or anything, just a glimmer that comes and goes. And did the rest of your family have that light pattern after they were altered? I think so, yeah. I definitely got the sense that they were like Shelly. It's been a while since I paid a lot of attention to it. I mostly see my family by day, and it's harder to see the light then. Plus, I don't like to stare at them. It feels like I'm giving them permission to stare at me. But do you still see it? Oh, yeah. It's still there. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. What, what does that mean? Is that not normal? It's not universal. Well, then what does it indicate? It would be premature to tell you that. For now, I would like you to look at the screen of my laptop. As I play each video file, please look carefully at the eyes of the main figure. For each one... Tell me if you see the light. First this one. Yes. Then this one. Yes. Now this. No. And this. Yes. And finally this. No. Mm-hmm. Who were those guys? What was different about them? Three of them were lookers. Altered humans. One of them was an alpha immune who we recorded and who analysts thought had the demeanor particularly similar to that of the altered. And one was a primary immune actor who was deliberately trying to look as much like an altered as possible. And the three that I picked out? You picked out the lookers with 100% accuracy. Based on the light? What is that light? What do you think it is? Well, the Major told us that the Alpha Wave could be broadcast and recorded. Is that like the Alpha Wave? It would be more precise to say the light is your brain's interpretation of a part of the Alpha Wave. And other people don't see it? Many people do. The non-immune see it right as they're taken. We believe that the altered see it. Beta immunes see it right before they lose consciousness and alpha immunes see it until they sleep for the first time after exposure, and then they stop seeing it. Something about the partial alteration of the brain shuts it out. The only group that never sees it are the primary immunes, the group you were so hastily certified as belonging to. Oh. So what does this mean? You tell me. Well, the test says I'm not a primary or an alpha, and I'm... I'm not a looker because I look at Weird Gwen every day without knocking her out. 
And I'm not a beta because my family doesn't knock me out. So what does that leave? I believe Major Craig is going to tell us. Major? Ensign Brewster, please step outside with me. Come on! And you be quiet. Jesus! I will come with you, Major. Just please holster your pistol and precede me outside. (laughs) Just a second. You guys are on the same side, right? Listen to her, Thee. Girl makes sense. Sir, you are endangering a strategic resource. This girl is the thing we've been looking for. The one who can tap into the Looker's collective consciousness. The thing that Professor Holbert... Don't you dare say her name. Not in front of this traitor. I don't believe the girl has betrayed us, sir. Intentionally or unintentionally. And even if she has, there is still a great deal to learn from her. Where did you get those questions from? And those videos. How do you know those specifics about Wanda's research? The professor entrusted me with her back. I secured it to send on to the Overlook when the guides arrived. When I saw the turn your interrogation was taking, I broke out the digital card, decoded it on your computer, and looked the material over. This girl is an Alpha Beta, sir. Everything points to it. Ensign, you have just confessed to several very serious crimes. In extremis, as you said, sir, it is our duty to do what is necessary. It is vitally necessary that we not kill one of the few Alpha Betas to exist. Perhaps the only one we will ever find. Think of all the reasons Professor Holbrook was looking for someone like her. Yeah. She may have been what Wanda was looking for, but Wanda was just groping blind in the dark. It turns out, they're just like the Alphas, but worse. Things which can take the secrets out of our heads and feed them to the lookers without even knowing they're doing it. Sir... That is simply not how the Lookers operate. They see even the Alphas as an unpleasant aberration, however useful they may be. The Alphabetas would disgust them, an unaltered foreign element contaminating their shared consciousness. If they were aware of her, they would not stand for it. And how did you become such an expert about how they think? From you, sir. (laughs) Well... No sense arguing with myself. Leave the room, Thee. I'm going to take care of this. You won't get away with this. She is right, sir. Your promising career, all the good you can do, will be thrown away. You have no leverage there, Thee. My career is already over. A screw-up like this cannot be ignored. She played me perfectly. You even suggested that she might be dangerous days ago, and I said, Nah, we gotta be understanding. Times are hard. And now the damage is done. But she went too far by both scuttling my job and taking Wanda. Put those together, and they're all I have. And since I have nothing to lose, there's nothing to hold me back from putting a stop to this. Major Jefferson Craig. I am hereby relieving you of your command. Fee! You have all but confessed that you are pursuing a personal vendetta. A literal witch hunt. In the teeth of contrary evidence. Don't bother, Fee. I resign my commission. The whole garbage dump is yours. Unless or until Jordan is unwise enough to give it to someone else. But first, as a private citizen, I'm going to make sure you have one less problem to inherit. Major, I don't know who Wanda is... I don't know what your operation was. I barely understand what an Alpha Beta would be. You're probably telling the truth. And even if you're not, 
I need to let go of blame. No one should be put in the position that we're in. Look at me in the eyes. There's no blame here. There's just necessity. Michonne, outside the door, to the left, there are stairs up to the main floor. Tell the men on sentry duty that there has been a gunshot wound and we need the medic immediately. Code phrase is, the house always loses. Yes, ma'am. Here, Major. Take my jacket. Apply pressure to your arm. You shot me. Of course I did. After all I've done for you. Don't act so surprised. If you didn't want to be shot, you would not have turned your back on me with a gun in your hand. It was pretty risky going for my arm, leaving me alive like this. There was no risk. Didn't realize they taught you squids to shoot that straight. Ah, so then you meant for me to kill you. That was not a kind thing to do, Major Craig. I understand the strain you were under, the despair you were feeling, but it is neither friendly nor responsible to put a former subordinate through that kind of experience. Oh, so that's why you went for the arm? So you wouldn't have to deal with the trauma? No. It's because the Resistance will continue to need you. Know your tools, and do not break them. <laughs> Still a little chip, though. Tell me, if you were so many steps ahead, couldn't you think of a way to do this where I didn't get shot? Not one that would have worked. You would not have been satisfied. Someone had to pay. And now that you have paid, I expect your best efforts in helping me run my department. Your department? Until Mr. Channing says otherwise, as you said. He's off to get the medic. I guess it's a few minutes each way. Thee, you should just let me go to him, not the other way around. He doesn't need to know where this place is. Advice understood and overruled. We don't need you bleeding a trail for the altered police to find. And besides, if you move, we might lose you. I hope your suggestion was not yet another suicide attempt. I would consider that to be slacking. <laughs> no, ma'am. The guy also gave me this note to give to either of you. I guess since I had the code phrase, he assumed I was cleared. What is it, Thee? The guys we are expecting have been arrested. Damn. Apparently one of them had somehow sent advance word to a friend a few miles from here that he'd be visiting her today. And apparently that word was intercepted days ago by the Looker authorities. I'm guessing that's what put them on the trail of the entire operation. And that the failure of that operation is not the fault of anyone in this room. The Major's eyes are closed. Is he okay? No, but he will be. And what about me? It's almost day out. Is there anything else I should do here, or should I go home before someone misses me? You can go home for now, Michelle. But we are far from done with you. You and your sister are now the central pieces in our plan to retake this planet by commandeering the Looker Society from the inside. You have a lot of hard work ahead of you. Great effort and difficult decisions. The time will come when you will think back on the night you spent in Room D and won't believe how you didn't appreciate the vacation. It is time, as your mother might say, for you to apply yourself and live up to your potential. From this point forward, more so than anyone else, 
You are the resistance. You've been listening to Immunities, episode 1.6, Resolve. It's the last episode of our first season and was written and directed by Bob J. Keston. Resolve featured Michelle Lamone as Roxanne Scholl, Vincent Truman as Major Craig, and Carla Joseph as Ensign Teresa Brewster. Immunities was recorded by Stephen Moore. Claire Hain was our dialect coach. Lisa Cohen assisted in development and production. The music includes the compositions Moving On and Never Again by Ars Sonor. That's two words, A-R-S-S-O-N-O-R. You can find more of her music at freemusicarchive.org. Special effects are from the freesound.org collection. Other development assistance was provided by Dueling Genre Productions, Tasha Robinson, Don Alsafi, River Hardrick, and Gmart Comics. The Immunity series image is Conformity by Fraun Fraun. That's all one word, F-R-A-U-N, F-R-A-U-N. The episode image is Speed Paint, also by Fraun Fraun. You can find other artwork by her on Instagram and DeviantArt. Immunities was recorded at Delmark Records' Riverside Studio in Chicago, Illinois. For more information, including a complete list of the sound effects used, check out our website at immunitiesdrama.com. Immunities is copyright 2017 by Bob J. Kester, all rights reserved. This is Bob J. Kester. I hope you enjoyed listening to our first season as much as we enjoyed making it. It's going to take a few months to prepare the second season, so in the meantime I'll be putting some work on the feed that I think Immunities fans will enjoy. This could include behind-the-scenes interviews. If you'd be interested in that, please say so at facebook.com immunities or at immunitiesdrama on Twitter. We'd love to hear any other comments about immunities at those same places. Also, please spread the word about the podcast on your own and review us on Apple Podcasts. Reviews and social media are the best way to get more people listening and also inspires us. Who knows, it might get us working on that second season a little faster. Until next time, goodbye. Dueling Genre.